Hey everyone, it's Will and James here. Welcome to the Pure Sport Project. We want to jump into the minds of people we find inspiring from all walks of life. Bringing you their stories, lessons learned along the way, and future plans. So tune in for some of them wholesome yarns. Okay, welcome back to the Pure Sport Project. We're on episode, I have no idea anymore. We've done so many recently. But we are joined by Sophie Brace. Hello. Thank you very much for coming in and chatting to us. Usually we let people do their own intro, but first of all, I want to introduce a new host to this week's episode, Chelsea Hart. How are you doing? Hi guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Perfect. So we'll, go, we'll dive into Sophie. We let you do your own intro because there's probably things that I know about you. There's probably a million things that you know about yourself that I don't know. So take the floor. You can uh, say as much as you want or as little as you want. Off okay. you go. Where to begin? So I guess, hi, I'm Sophie. I guess the best way to introduce me really is probably just through what I do. So through my socials. So I just have an Instagram account and well, I'm pretty much on all other forms of social media, every single form of social media there could be. And so I focus on kind of like adult gymnastics content. So flipping around as an adult essentially and do a little bit of like handstand practice, calisthenics, and just trying to encourage people to, I don't know, try things, try new things, try things they did as a kid, as an adult. I guess that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> How long have you been doing gymnastics for? So I started when I was seven, which is quite late for gymnastics, really. Usually you start around like five, six. So yeah, I started at seven. I just went to a rec club because I was basically just pulling so cushions off the sofa at home and flipping around. And my mum was like, right, this is ridiculous. We're going to send you to gymnastics. Never really like wanted to be a gymnast though. I was like never watching it on the telly like, oh my God, I want to go to the Olympics. I was just good so I went from this rec club which was just in this hall to pretty much a proper gymnastics club and then in that gymnastics club moved pretty quickly to like an elite squad and then yeah the rest was kind of history and what age did you do it till I quit when I was about 17 16 17 so just I just started college so probably yeah around 16 17 and I just had enough to be honest I think the one thing with gymnastics is it's it's really intense and unlike a lot of other sports you don't don't get an off season so like with most other sports you train really hard then you compete and then you have a bit of time off and training relaxes whereas it's not like with that with gymnastics so when you're like six seven and then you train 24 hours a week five days a week you know like constantly and it's just super intense and your body's done like they didn't really look after your body properly I know in a lot of other sports they have proper strength and conditioning coaches and you only start getting that when you're like 14 15 and by that time your body's already wrecked so my body was done mentally I was done and I was just kind of ready to live a bit of a normal life you know like a normal teenager I wasn't doing normal teenage things and I went to college and I was like you know, I don't want to train after I want to go see my friends. I want to go to the shops. I want to do, go out on a Friday night and not have to go to training on a Saturday morning. So I think it was, I was just ready to stop. And as well, you go through all these kind of like your body changes, obviously. So you're like 13 and you're a child and then you start getting a little bit older and you have these like your body grows like a normal person as you go through puberty and then you've got to fit in these leotards and do all these training I was like you know what I don't I don't want to do that anymore um so yeah I I quit (laughs) 
Do you still do it now though, right? Or wait, you don't do it to like the same kind of training you did before you do your own stuff? Yeah, I do my own stuff now. So kind of what happened was I had this year, so I just went full on rebel and I was like, I'm not doing any exercise. I was like, I hate it. I, it has ruled my life for so long. I don't enjoy it because as well, I had a coach. So a coach just planned all my training. Like I didn't have any freedom, just someone telling you what to do all the time. So I was like, I am done. Don't, don't want to do anything. And I'm not joking. I think I sat in my bed for like a year. It was awful. And it was actually a really bad time of my life. When I look back, I was super depressed because I just lost like a huge part of yeah a huge part of myself and I hadn't like processed it properly they didn't really have good support systems back then for people like young people because it's like quite a lot like think of it 24 hours out of your week and then just having that disappear so yeah it wasn't wasn't a great time for me and then I went to uni and I was like right I don't want to do any more gymnastics I'll do cheer instead and fell in love with doing cheer and made loads of friends doing cheer. And then obviously part of cheerleading is tumbling. I was like, actually, I'm still all right at this. I mean, I was unfit. I was really unfit, but I was like, this is fun. So started enjoying the cheer, realizing that maybe I was missing, I was like missing that part of me. Like I tried to like, tried to throw it away and I tried to get rid of it, but it was still just like a massive part of me and what made me actually just made me really happy. So I started going to adult gymnastics sessions. So every time I'd come home from uni, I'd go back to my old gym and I'd just play around basically. So open gym means you have no coach. You just go in there and you just do what you want essentially. So I kind of went in there and I was like seeing what skills I could still do and just playing around a little bit. And I don't know, started posting it on Instagram because I was like, oh, maybe people will find this quite cool, you know, to kind of see what one, I was like, wanted to show people what I could still do. I was like, look at me, I've had like (laughs) five years out and I can still do this. So it was a little bit of like a, I I can still do it. And and then after time, it just kind of turned into this thing where I was like, actually, you know, there could be something to this, you know, like ex-athletes that kind of got kicked out of the sport young that still love it that want to get back to it and why shouldn't we just going back to like you know they said about the strength and conditioning and you only really got that when you were like 14 has that changed now so like our kids obviously the sport has progressed and people's knowledge and understanding of bodies and things like that's progressed over time do kids now get like strength and conditioning or is it still pretty old school in that in that sense I think it's moving that way essentially it's moving there a little bit more and you are seeing that gymnasts are staying in the sport a little bit till they're a little bit older I think they're staying till like 18 some even in their 20s so that's a sign of improvement but it's all very much body weight conditioning and all of that sort of stuff which is fine but when you're thinking that you're tumbling so much you've got all this pressure on your ankles I don't think you're I still don't think that they're strong enough to deal with that at such a young age Mm -hmm. but why why do you think that they don't I don't know you know I know strength and conditioning like we we conditioned every session but it was never a priority you know it was training first and then condition for 30 minutes at the end but there wasn't that focus on actually making sure our bodies were strong enough to do this longer to do the skills Mm -hmm. that we're doing and that's why you see especially my age so anyone that was kind of doing at the same time I was injuries just injuries after injuries loads of people needing ACL um, having ACL injuries loads of broken 
ankles, like all of this stuff, just because I don't think they were strong enough. Because you've got to think, I don't know if you watch much gymnastics, but they're doing like this four in artistic gymnastics, there's four pieces. You have bars, beam, floor and vault. So vault and floor, you're basically jumping <laughs> and flipping around in the air and then landing at like really high intensity, like on your ankles. And same with floor. And I just, I think it came down to coaches just not having the knowledge if that makes sense once you get into like gb squads and things like that they have those people but i mean you're unless you get in those squads early at like 12 11 you've got all that time where you're just not not strong enough you know and i think with gymnastics because it's such a like highly skilled sport so you do the same skills over and over again like day in day out so it's you practice that skill until you literally cannot get it wrong and even you see sometimes at competitions they fall off and things so it's like how much can you deal with the pressure and so a lot is like coping under pressure and repeating 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 those skills and I think sometimes think strength and conditioning is a bit of a waste of time which obviously it isn't because we're our bodies are all wrecked my back is a mess now because of all of those years of training. Yeah, I guess you can compare it to like real high skill sports, like let's say golf or something like that. And it's like, well, how conditioned do they really need to be? And if you think about it, if they're going around and doing, I don't know how many thousands of swings per day, your body needs to be able to cope with that. And if you're only doing it one way all the time as well, you probably need to do something that's helping with the opposite direction. So it's probably the same with gymnastics. The amount of power you need to put through your legs, if anything, the strength and conditioning will probably complement the ability to do it and probably make you a better athlete. Yeah, exactly. It's, I, I think it is moving that way now. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest, I've been out of like the competitive side of the sport for like 10 years now. It's been like a really long time. So I just see like the people that I was like competing against at the time who are still doing it now. So they're getting a lot more help and they have a lot more help from the physios and things. But I just, I don't know, it's frustrating what, looking back and you just think there's loads of kids that are my age or like me included had that have now like messed up bodies from from that time so it's it's interesting to to see how it's changed and things is it one of those sports that people peak really early is it or just my kind of skewed perception of it that i just see people like at the olympics that are really really young but i think it's like swimming as well like people that swim they they peak really really early yeah i think it's it's always been a sport for for kids like and mainly because of the amount of skill involved, you know. But I think, well, that's when you want to get to those real high sort of levels. And it's kind of like you start, like I said, I started late at seven. Really, you've got some kids that are starting at like four or five years old. And they're like drilling those basics. Because by the time you get to like age 10, 11, you're still throwing some like pretty big skills for a 10-year-old. Like the average 10-year-old can barely do a cartwheel. And you've got kids that have been in gymnastics for like the last six years who have who are doing all these huge skills in a way and I think it, it did come down to like their bodies giving up essentially rather or mentally like it's such a high pressure sport I don't think people realize how much how intense it really is and you've got to think it's the amount of intensity any sport any any sport has but usually people are a lot older whereas you're eight nine to like 13 years old having to deal with the same amount of pressure as like someone who's a lot older than you let alone all the training let alone you're tired your body hurts so I feel like 
by the time you are getting into your teenage years, you're just done. Like, unless you really, really love it. And I'm talking like the ones that the people that make it, they really love gymnastics. Like they really, really love gymnastics. I was like done with gymnastics. But I think it's changing now. I do think it's changing now. I don't know if you've watched the Olympics, but like did the German girls wore like unitards. They wore, usually in gymnastics, you just wear leotards, but they wore these unitards. So it like covered their whole, yeah. And I think that was really important because I think it started moving gymnastics away from like a sport for little girls and like moving it towards a sport that women can do as well, like into your 20s. 30s even if your body holds up which I think is really important because one of the number one questions I get all the time is like can I do gymnastics and I'm like yeah why not <laughs> you know like there's not really any reason you can't do it it's just people think that once you hit a certain age or oh, I can't learn that or I can't do that and it's like no it's not really true I mean you probably aren't going to go to the Olympics but you can give it a good go like there's nothing stopping you learning those skills in a way I came down once, didn't I? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know about this? No. So me, Joel, uh, Joel Domit and Obi, three very different physically shaped people oh came down to one of the gymnastics clubs with, with Sophie and we tried to do a class. Honestly, it's so hard. They make it look so easy. You know, oh yeah, you just flip. Yeah. No. We tried to, to do cartwheels. You all did really well. I was so surprised, especially Obi. He's a big guy <laughs> and he was like super elegant in these cartwheels. But to be fair, he does work on his flexibility a lot. So I was kind of like, actually, that does make sense. Yeah. For anyone that doesn't know Obi, he's about 6'3", about 110 kilos. <laughs> and we're just rolling around and doing cartwheels <laughs> like he was about a 45 kilo 12 year old. Yeah. Did you do any cartwheels, James? Yeah. Could you do them? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? I just can't picture you cartwheeling. I'll show you outside later <laughs> okay. in the rain. I'd like to see that. Yeah, it's good. It was good fun, actually. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So we touched on very briefly just then about how you start posting your gymnastics stuff on Instagram. And that was one of the next topics that I wanted to delve into. So when was it that you started posting stuff on Instagram, I guess, was the first platform? So I had a personal account. And kind of like I said earlier, I used to just post clips from training. This is when like Instagram, you could only film like back in the day when you could film the video, like you couldn't upload a video, you had to film yeah. it at the time. So I used to film these videos on my phone and then just upload them of just, I think I was like, oh, still got it five months out or still got it one month out, uh, one year out. So I started doing that. And then I was like at uni and I was like, one of my friends had a fitness account and I was like, oh, that looks fun. Maybe I'll do that. I quite like, you know, fitness. Had no idea what I was doing. I think I was like 18 at the time. This is when I just started getting back into like actually moving my body after like a whole year out. And I was like, right, I'm going to make a fitness account. So I just made this fitness account um, and I had no idea what I was doing with it. I was a student. I was I literally did not represent health and fitness <laughs> at all. Like my diet was all over the place. I was drinking so much because I was still like adjusting to normal life. And like I wanted to make friends at uni. So although I made friends through cheer, when you go on a sports team, you have like a sports social. So I used to like go out on a Wednesday. So I was like not health and fitness at all. But I, you know, I gave it a good go and I just copied what I saw. So I was like, oh, people are posting workouts. Let me post a workout. And I was like, oh, I had no idea what I was doing. And it was just no surprise. I didn't really go anywhere really. But then I started doing like the gymnastics videos. And I was like, actually, I quite quite like this. Maybe I'll just stay 
posting this every now and then. So every time I'd go back home, I'd like film some bits and I'd put it on Instagram. And then one of my friends was doing the same thing. So every time I came home from uni, we'd do some bits together and do some filming. I just, it get, I guess it just kind of started from there really, but it was a good like three years of really having no clue what I was doing. And I was like, not following any social media blueprint anymore. I was just like going with the flow, doing what I thought people wanted to see, but it just wasn't really working. And I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing wrong. But it was very clear to see what I was doing wrong. I just wasn't, I just didn't really know who I was. I didn't know what I was trying to say on Instagram. I was just like posting random videos whenever I wanted to. And then after I graduated, I started taking it things a little bit more seriously. So I like, I was getting my first job out of uni and I was like, I'm grown up now. And I was like, okay, I'd done a few bits on social media with like really random companies. Like because I did gymnastics, it was kind of still like a new thing. Like no one really did that. It was all very fitnessy at the time, like all very like people posing with shakers. And I found this photographer. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was essentially what it, you know, that period of like early, I don't know, there was only like a few fitness influencers out there and it was all very similar. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like I just looked awkward doing it. I did try, obviously I tried. So I was like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do. But yeah, it didn't suit me. And I found this photographer in Portsmouth and he he like it was he actually shot what it was Instagram and he just shot like lingerie and he's like oh do you want to do a shoot with me I'm based in Portsmouth and I was like yeah but I don't do that I was like I do fitness so anyway I went down to the shoot and we did this like fitness shoot and it was like super cool so we got loads of like shots of like jumping like in a pose and like doing the splits and it just that was kind of like the start. And I was like, actually, like, this is kind of what I wanted to do. So I like recycled these photos from my Instagram for like months and months and months and just kind of tried to find like what I actually enjoyed doing and like what I wanted to post and speak about. And like, it was only probably about a year and a half, two years ago that I was like, okay, I know what I, I know like who I am now and I know what I want to talk about and I know what, what I want to post and yeah everything kind of just like <laughs> took off from when I made that decision really it's super weird I feel like Instagram even now to an extent is a bit of a guessing game and they change it so often like now they're talking about they make it more of an entertainment platform and it's going to kind of prioritize video rather than pictures and things like that I feel like back then it was even more I guess in game because I don't think Instagram had even no figured out what, what they were using the platform game. for. Yeah, no one knew what they were doing. Remember, we used to post pictures and they had like all the filters and they had all the borders yeah. around and stuff like that back that. in the days. But I feel like that was the best time for Instagram. Yeah. That was the the best time. People were posting the most original stuff, and I feel like it's become so saturated now that it's almost become boring using Instagram. Mm-hmm. I actually was thinking about this earlier today. I reels have done me a huge favor on my Instagram but at the same time I literally cannot believe we're all like in our 20s and 30s and we've literally got me more like pointing to the screen as like captions come up I'm like is this really what it's come to like come on like surely not and I like how can I I don't know like I don't want to go on Instagram to watch that I mean I I don't you can't help it because now if you go on reels like that is what comes up whereas you used to be able to be able to actually like filter your feed to whose content you wanted to see you know and so I was like thinking about today like what is actually the future of 
Instagram because it's completely going towards the TikTok route. And I don't know if you guys use TikTok all right, but that is just the wildest algorithm in the world. Yeah. Like, to be honest, I'm, I'm honored, but I don't actually make TikTok videos. I'm one of those people that sometimes spends like two hours at night watching TikTok videos. Yeah. And I don't know why. It's, it can be quite addictive. Just some of the content people come up with is actually pretty good. It is good. It is. I've got to say, like, it is a super creative platform, which I do enjoy seeing a lot of, but I don't know. I'm not sure if it works on Instagram. I feel like Instagram should stick to what it was always meant to be. Like you could choose who you wanted to follow. You didn't get exposed to anything else that you didn't want to be exposed to because you consciously chose the people that you that you wanted to see. And you just got to post like really cool pictures of random things. And now it's like swipe overs and reels and this and that. And it's like, hard to keep up sometimes so hard to keep up and I found this super hard for me as well because there's content that I want to post and I enjoy like I'm a creative so I my creativity comes in like the things I can do with my body I guess but it's still like a form of creativity so you have ideas of things you want to do and like places you want to do it and it's like do I have to now kind of change the way I do that just so it kind of fits with this new mold it's like a real hard decision to try and to try and make to be like do I just stay with kind of what I enjoy doing and the content that I'd like and I enjoy making the most but know that maybe it doesn't fit into this new Instagram like algorithm or what people want to see so it's been really hard like sometimes I'm like I don't know how to do that with these transitions and I mean, the editing for me was hard enough. And now it's like all these like real transitions and popping up text. I'm like, I'm so out of my depth. <laughs> so out of my depth. How do you reckon it's changed like your own personal page over the last couple of years? Because obviously there was the, the lockdown period where everybody was on their phone. And I think a lot of people really capitalized that through social media and their profiles just skyrocketed. But in terms of where you were at maybe like two years ago to where you are now, in terms of the content that you're posting and what, how much thought is going into these posts, how much do you reckon has changed? So about two years ago, I was not being strategic at all with my content at all. Like it was very much, I've been to training. Here's what I worked on today. Here's this new skill I learned. I was doing a lot of calisthenics in 2019. So people really enjoying like watching that journey. So I was like, I had calisthenics is like a mashup of like freestyle on the bar where you like flip around and release and catch and then like static. So like things like pull-ups push-ups front levers and all of that so I was like learning calisthenics freestyle so people were enjoying just like watching the new skills I learned and stuff so I was doing a lot of that back then I wasn't thinking too much about it and then we went into lockdown in like the start of like 2020 and I was like what do I do now I was like I've got no gym so I'm at home I was like, okay, I'm probably going to have to think a little bit more about what I'm doing. I still, I don't like, I I've probably go against like all social media rules in the sense that I don't really have a strategy. And I, I know that plays against me sometimes because you should, you should, if, if you're like using it for business, you could, should at least like have rough plans so that people could know what they're coming to your page for. But I've always used my Instagram as this kind of diary of my growth as a person like I didn't like I said I didn't know what I was doing when I started using it and I'm still figuring out like who I am and like learning loads of new things so I don't doubt that in another year's time I'm going to change so I didn't want to confine myself to like 
only flexibility and only backflips because I'm like so much more to me than that and I wanted to always give myself like the freedom to be able to post about those things and to try and create an audience that like cared about that as well so I kind of had I think when I went into lockdown like I just hit 10,000 followers and I was like super happy about it because I was like oh my god that was a milestone I was never ever gonna get and then it kind of grew a little bit in during the early lockdown I think to like 17,000 because I was posting a lot more tutorials and things I was working with a brand and I was hosting some like live workshops for them so I was hosting some like handstand workshops on Instagram live because Instagram lives like blew up so I gained a few followers from there and then from that I was like okay people are really interested in like learning about handstands and learning to get flexible so probably during lockdown was the the most I've ever like focused on the content I was going to create because I was like okay there's like a real niche for this and people are at home so I remember I like sat for like a whole month and like wrote a handstand guide just so I could like give that to people because people were like interested in it at the time and then I just started doing flips in my garden (laughs) because I was like well I'm gonna go crazy if I don't do this so I used like bought these like big mats from decathlon (laughs) like they're super squishy I just lined them up in my garden and started doing like bat flips outside just to entertain myself which did quite well on TikTok and which did quite well on Instagram but I it's really funny because I've never I've never like I don't I don't have a social media plan like sometimes I wake up on the day and I'm like what should I post today you know and that's something I'm trying to change a little bit because otherwise you just get carried away and some people really don't don't care about all of the things that you want to post so trying to like niche it down a little bit to like talk about certain things on certain days but to still have like the flexibility Mm -hmm. of chatting about what I want do you think about posting different things on TikTok and Instagram or is it very much just the same across both yeah with TikTok you're trying to post the things that are gonna wow people like you never had to think about that much too much on Instagram. Now you probably do with reels, but like TikTok, like you said, you just scroll through, right? So if something doesn't catch your attention in like the first two, three seconds, you're just going to scroll past. So I tended to do a lot more like challenges. So I'd, if a sound was trending, you try and do something to a sound that was trending. If a there was like lots of gymnastic challenges on there, which was really good for me because that's exactly what I do because it was a younger platform everyone loves backflips and handsprings and splits so that did quite well so I kind of just tried winging it really I remember when I first downloaded TikTok in like 2019 and like every single video I posted got zero views like I'm not joking for like three solid months every video got like 10 views or zero views and I was like this is a lie like everyone's telling me this is the next big app like what am I doing wrong? And then all of a sudden, I'll never forget it. I did a video of climbing off of a roof, not off a roof, but off like this big storage. Uh, Gymshark. Gymshark. And um, it got a million views. And I was like, what is going on? Like, this is ridiculous. And I gained like 56,000 followers overnight on TikTok. And I was like, that is insane. And like, I climbed off the roof. And then it was just, you had the flexibility because no brands were really on there or anything like that at that time. It was still like up and coming. You had the flexibility to just post whatever you wanted. So I just used to either take clips of training that I'd already posted on Instagram and upload them on TikTok and just see how they did and like tried to work out what people liked and didn't like and things like that. And I did 
kind of get away with doing that for a really long time is just taking what I was using on Instagram and posting it on TikTok. Now I've had to be a little bit more like clued up to like what's actually popular on TikTok. I think they've changed things a little bit because the app's a little bit more popular. So you kind of just really do have to focus on like the trending sounds and the trending challenges and, and things like that. So I can't really post the same thing also, like, I think Instagram's a little bit more of a like, mature audience. TikTok's a little bit of a younger audience. So I do try to do different things now. One of the things that I think I really like about what you do on Instagram that I guess you can't do on TikTok is like you just mentioned how you create like a bit of a diary about your progression and what you've done over the last few years, but you're very kind of open and honest on your Instagram about your relationships your skin, your menstrual cycle, just like your life in general, your outfits, what you get up to, your holidays and stuff like that. So I think people, I think that's what people really resonate with is they know you as a a person. You're not just someone that does backflips. They actually get to know you as a person. But how's that been? And when did you start doing that? Yeah, it was a really hard decision for me to come to actually because I was sitting there for ages. I was actually going through this horrendous time with like, deciding whether I was going to come off my menstrual cycle. I was like having the worst time coming out of uni and moving back home. And I was just super anxious, super stressed. I wasn't going out anymore. So I kind of felt like I was just like not sharing everything about my life at the time. And I was just like 21 and just losing it. (laughs) I was actually losing the plot. At this point, like my skin wasn't bad, but I was like really suffering with anxiety. And I was really debating whether to talk about it or not because I was like, this kind of opens part of me up to like social media. So I'm like sharing more of myself that I hadn't shared before. So I was like opening people, letting people in to see a little bit more of me rather than them just having this face value kind of view. And I didn't want people to like see me as like weak. I know that sounds silly, but I didn't want people to view me as weak. And I think there was not as much as, of an open conversation about mental health at the time. And I knew that a lot of people from my personal account followed my fitness account. And I was like, I don't know if I want these people to know these things about me, because it's quite a personal thing you choose to share. And in the end, I was like, you know what, if it helps one person, then I'm going to be okay with it. So I just opened this conversation up and I just said, I'm like really struggling and I have this horrendous anxiety. And yeah, the response was just wild. And everyone was like, I feel exactly the same, blah, 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 blah. And it was like the start of kind of this very open conversation between like me and then the people that chose to follow me about seeing I think sometimes people don't see influencers as human or they not that they don't see them as human, but influencers don't really I'm calling myself an influencer now it's horrendous but they don't always share those parts of their life so everyone thinks it's perfect all the time and things like that and I was like actually I'm a hot mess at the moment and I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm really really glad I did there are sometimes I'm like I it's super strange but it's almost like people kind of support you more when you're sad you know rather than like being happy for you when you're having like these really great moments which I understand I understand because it's easy for people to relate to you when you're going through a similar thing to they're going through and then sometimes when you're getting these great brand deals or for me quitting my job you know not everyone's in that position I'm really aware of that. Do you think that um, you know you said that you were struggling with anxiety 
Do you think that these days anxiety is a lot worse because of social media and therefore when influencers or whoever are posting their real lives and everything that's really going on with them, you know, the negatives too, it does make people feel more close and connected to them. And and as you said, it's not that people are more supportive when things are going bad for you, but because everyone is so inundated with all these perfect lives that eventually when someone is actually being honest about what their life is truly like, people are more interested and more keen to support and follow. Yeah, I do think so because it's super shy for so long social media has just been this super like shiny place where everything is perfect and then no one really realized no one spoke about it it's always been going on but no one really spoke about all the behind the scenes sort of stuff and I think you're right I think actually it is worse because of social media because so many people spend so much of their day glued to their phone scrolling I would always say I've had so many amazing things happen to me because of social media I've worked worked and working with some of the best brands I could ever imagine like dream of really but the worst thing is that it has made me so attached to my phone which is something that I'm now aware of and something I'm now trying to combat but you spend so much of your day on that phone comparing yourself to people to other people comparison is the biggest thief of joy Mm -hmm. and so I think again when I was choosing to open up about these things I was like I'm just not going to filter it I'm just gonna say it how it is and like if people then want to view that as I'm a hot mess or whatever because I can't be any different like this is literally who you are who who I am Mm -hmm. like that's exactly what's going on with my life so every time now that I'm like super anxious or going for a rough period I have like this moment where I hesitate to be like do I share this you know like do I do I choose to share this or not and then most of the time I I do think yes because I'm like okay people need to people need to know people need to know that it's kind of normal but also like I don't never wanted to be the person that was going to be like I'm suffering super badly and like I want to tell you all about it I kind of wanted to be like I'm really suffering but like here's what I'm doing to actually help myself so it's not coming from a place of being a victim but it's more coming from a place of you wanting to help yeah exactly because I just think you know like you said there's this big stigma around like therapy or getting the help that you need and like not everyone's confident to talk about it. People will message you and say, thank you so much for sharing that, but they're not like, they're not having those conversations there themselves. So for me to be able to be like, you know what, I've been in therapy twice and I have awful anxiety usually. And like, sometimes I'll sit in bed and cry. Like, I think it's just normal, you know, for people to know that it's okay. And, but I'm not just going to sit there and cry. I'm going to go to therapy and I'm going to work through it. Like, I don't have to, you don't have to live your life like that. It sucks, but there are like coping mechanisms. But then it also becomes a safe space for everyone to be able to open that conversation about mental health and about anxiety and everything that is kind of like a stigma that you wouldn't necessarily talk about. And it just allows you to be able to have these conversations with people and also for yourself to realize like, hey, I'm actually fine. Like I might be going through this stuff, but so is so many other people. So yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's been really nice actually. And especially even now, like for me, being able to talk more about like the effects leaving sport had for me, I kind of kept that like suppressed deep down for like a really long time. And it's only in the last couple of months I've been like happy to start talking about it because I think most ex-athletes can relate 
I really struggled. Some people adapt to normal life fine, but I was like, it's probably taken its hold on me for the last like seven years, seven years, you know, only a couple of years ago, I started to like be a bit more normal with being able to work out on my own with and like plan my own workouts and like really detach from like, gymnastics or like that I wasn't ever going to be good at anything else and things like that so I think that's been super interesting because I've always kept that really quiet because of like I didn't want to offend anyone or I didn't want to say the wrong thing but yeah I think it's it's like you said I want to create that safe sort of space so like people that I don't know are interested in just trying new things but also you know to know that I'm just like a normal person like who has very normal issues and I don't know. Like I'm just trying to figure it out. Like the rest of all of us, everyone <laughs> else, trying to figure it out. I think people hold you on a pedestal and they think you have it all figured out. And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Who I have really no has everything figured no out? No. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think I know. So, sometimes I watch other influencers and I'm like, how are they doing that? What are they doing? And I'm like, you know, you're never going to know whether that's just who they are as a person whether they're putting a mask on. So I've learned, especially over the last couple of months, like, I just, you know what, just don't make any assumptions about anyone. Just concentrate on yourself. Try and, for me, it's just trying to promote what I want to promote and create my own little environment. And like I said, not compare myself to anyone else or wonder what they're doing, you know? How's the response been to, because I think that's one of the things that I picked up that I don't think anybody was really talking about was a menstrual cycle. For me, like having with my ex-girlfriend, she used to speak to me about it. But then apart from that, as a man, like I had no experience with it. I didn't know what was going on until she like openly spoke to me about it. So then see you post it on Instagram. That was a bit of a shock for me because I was like, the pill and all that kind of stuff and how it affected her moods, how it affected her cravings, how it affected her sleep and all this kind of stuff. I had no idea. I just kind of accepted that that was what everyone did. Everyone was like, oh yeah, you just take the pill. And then, oh, the mood swings are just, yeah, you just got like, yeah, to accept it. Woman. Yeah. And then yeah. she started talking to me about it and she changed it. And I was like, oh shit, like your moods have just changed just because you've changed your pill. And then she started talking to me about all that kind of stuff. And when I saw you talk about it on Instagram, I was like, oh wow, like, someone's actually opening up because no one at the time was talking about it. So it was quite refreshing that you were sharing it. And there was probably so many women out there that probably related to it. Yeah, it was super interesting. So when I, it's really funny because I actually didn't have a bad time for the first few years on my pill. It was pretty good. And then I had this really stressful year at uni. The third year at uni was awful. And everything just went rapidly downhill. And all of a sudden, I had zero control over my emotions. I couldn't regulate. So, like, everything was a meltdown. There was no, you know, you pick your battles sometimes. No picking battles. It was full meltdown every time. And it was just putting so much stress on me, on my parents, on my poor boyfriend. Like, I was just... A monster and it was just awful and I was like no this this can't carry on so I kind of managed to graduate and like finished uni and but then I moved home and you're going through this change I was leaving uni getting a job and I still I was an absolute monster so I was like this can't be down to my pill but my friend was like it could be like how do you know you've you don't know life off of it. Can you remember life but off of it? Do you think it's because no one really talks about any of these things that you would be in that position to be like, what is this? Why am I feeling this way? Yeah, yeah. Like I had no idea. Like when I'd gone to get my pill, like they didn't go over like any information with me. They were just like, oh yeah, you know, this, take this, take this and it will do what it needs to do. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, I don't 
I didn't know. Like, I didn't know it could be a factor. But then I thought, you know what? If worse comes to worse, it's always going to be there, right? So I just stopped taking it. Um, and I kept it quiet. I didn't tell my parents, didn't tell. But the only person I told was my boyfriend, obviously. But I didn't tell anyone else. And then a couple months later, my mum was like, oh, you, do you know what? You just seem really different. She was like, you just seem so much happier and more confident. I was like, this is it. This is bang on the money. And like, even like a couple months after that, that I, I describe it as like having a big dark cloud over my head that had gone and I, I had could like make decisions again and I could like use my I don't know I just felt like I could use my brain properly so after I'd I think it'd been like six months and I had I'd got my period back and I was like you know I'm gonna make a YouTube video about this and I'm gonna talk about it because I was like people need to know people need to know that the, you can do this obviously I'd done a lot more research I would probably suggest doing the research before you come off contraception I did do it the wrong way around I probably should have spoke to anyone really but I was like oh I just need to to get off this um and I read this really cool book called in the flow where oh, she just I love that book so good Elisa Vitti yeah amazing and it just blew my mind completely. And I learned about my menstrual cycle. I learned that you could only get fertile or you were only fertile like two, one, two days in the month. Um, and then you had like a fertile window of like a week. And I was like, you're telling me I've been taking a pill for two days <laughs> like of the month. Um, so I just learned so much. And I was like, right, people need to know about this and I need to share my experience. And I think I was a little bit hesitant at first because I, I, it's super important, right? Obviously there is like pregnancy involved and things like that. So I was like, I don't want to be like me saying do this, but I felt like there was this whole big like world that women didn't know about, you know? So I was like, I'm going to push towards like making informed decisions. Like this is my experience. Go read these books, go do some research and like make, once you've got all the information, then like make a decision because you've got so much more like choice than you realize so I made this YouTube video and oh my god so many responses does it really work how can you do this are you not scared and I was like no like no I'm not because it's science like it's actual science so you're talking about fam right now yes okay do you want to explain to our listeners what fam is yes yeah, so Family. I what's that <laughs> James. So the form of contraception that I use now is the fertility awareness method. Um, so there's a couple different ways of doing it. There's one where you can kind of like track your temperature. Um, and there's also ones where you like track your symptoms of ovulation. So that's the main signs that you are ovulating and that you're fertile, basically, that your body is like ready for a baby. It's like, yep, I'm like super ready and you can provide me with like what I need now. <laughs> um, so it's really important it, that you understand kind of what those signs are and like there's lots of research. You will come to realize what those sort of signs are. I think it's also important that you do have to track your, not track your cycle. I think a lot of people think that they have to track and they have to have the cycle that's the same amount of days every single month and that's kind of not true it can vary yeah so I think that's where people a lot of people get confused like things aren't going to happen on the exact same day every single month so that's why you need to learn to like not only track the days but also track your signs track your mood how you feel temperature all of those different things to become aware of like when you are fertile fertile yeah so that's kind of what i 
use and like it's got to the point now where I do know my body so well and it's such a good feeling though when you do yeah it's such a good feeling and especially now I had quite a lot of issues with like balancing my hormones at the time I had a really rough year of like adult acne and like really bad bloating and awful mood swings and and then after that calmed down like especially probably for the last like six months now it's super cool it's like so cool to be like I felt like that too yeah I feel like I'm like super I don't know I just feel super in tune with your body and honestly it sounds so hippie doesn't it and (laughs) no I think more women should be saying that yeah it sounds super hippie but it's it's so true I couldn't couldn't explain it any better it's just I just know how I feel and the one thing it's really helped me especially with exercise is that you don't beat yourself up so much for having a crap session in the gym anymore because you're like you know what like my hormones are down like my hormone levels have dropped and I have no energy and like that's why I feel like crap so it's been it's been really interesting for me to just like learn about my body and learn about the symptoms and like take more responsibility over like my health essentially we've had a bit of education at pure sport recently I've been learning about this, about balancing hormones, stuff like this, courtesy of Chelsea. Yeah, it's literally my favorite thing to talk about of all time. Yeah, I was just on the same journey as you with with trying to figure out how what was going on with my body. And I also practiced FAM for a very long time. And, I, you know, I also spoke about it on my social media and was quite careful at the time. This was about four years ago. Um, I was careful about sharing it because you also – it's relatively new and people think that you're kind of encouraging them to not be safe, you know, but that's not what you're doing at all. And and, and it takes a couple months for you to figure out how to do it and, and be able to do it properly. But yeah, just how amazing your life could, could be when you, when you truly understand your body. Yeah, it's, it is crazy. It is, that's all I can explain it as. And I feel more me than I ever have like I feel so in tune with myself and like managing managing anxiety is so much easier because it usually tends to crop up just before I'm about to like start my period and I'm like you know what Sophie you haven't lost the plot like you haven't you're not crazy it's it's actually normal like just allows you to be a little bit more calm and and supportive and gentle with yourself during those times yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's just been really life changing, actually, for me. And kind of like you said, is you're not encouraging people not to be safe. Like that's the, no, opposite. That's the opposite. Yeah, that's the opposite. And like you said, it's not a light decision. You know, like when you, you shouldn't choosing any form of contraception shouldn't be a light decision. Really, you should go into that wanting to know as much about what you're putting in your body as as you can really as most women I think should do the exact same thing before they just take the pill yeah it's like I'm never going to tell someone come off if you're having the best time on your pill or on the injection stay with that but as long as you know okay these are the benefits this is what it could potentially be doing to me but I've got friends that have been on the pill pill for 10 years they could be a completely different person they don't know it's crazy it's absolutely crazy that but I think again like it's just informed decisions it's like do you have all the information to you know make those decisions about which ones you want to have like I'm not if you want to have the implant you go ahead I don't it's not on me that's about you and that's about your decision and your decision is your decision I'm just speaking about like my experience and what now works for me and I won't go back I remember everyone said oh why don't you just get like 
the non-hormonal call and I was like no I was like I'm not I'm not doing anything I'm not putting anything in my body anymore and I'm really grateful for that because it actually took me to like a more like holistic view of like health and so like when my skin flared up I went to see a homeopath instead of going to my doctor and obviously doctors are really important I don't want that to come across but it just made me want to take that route instead because I was like I'd done Raracutane before which is a really strong drug for your skin and it basically like stops all oil production in your body so you can only imagine what that's what that's doing havoc on your liver yeah it's really, exactly really bad for your liver and so when my skin flared up this time I was like okay no, let me do it myself <laughs> yeah exactly that and I was like I'm so glad I did I'm so glad I did because it's just it was longer and it's like it was like a really rough year but now I'm like feel happier feel healthier do you think like for me, I have a very similar story to you. And I also was on Raccutane. I was really struggling with my skin, came off the pill. My hormones were all over the show. And I was kind of like, I don't want to take Raccutane to sort this out. Like I, there's something else going on and I don't want to just treat symptoms. I want to treat the root cause. I ended up going to see a naturopath who had done a hormone panel on me, which I highly recommend to anyone who is struggling with hormone imbalances or issues with their hormone. Before you take anything, go and have a hormone test done. It's the only way to know exactly what your hormones are doing if you need more or less. And everyone's different, right? Like we've all got this, all females have the same hormones, but how much and how little of it we need to feel okay is going to change or vary from woman to woman. So yeah, that would be the main thing I would recommend is always checking your hormones before you take anything yeah because I remember I was obviously doing loads of reading at the time because I was like my my skin needs to sort out like what is going on and I think with skin you get quite desperate don't you because like you're going out every day and you're trying to normalize it but also when it's just come up so suddenly it's like this big shock to your system and and it really does hammer on your self-esteem yeah I was lucky it happened all the way through kind of lockdown (laughs) so I was like just didn't go out to see anyone which is kind of really sad but at the same time I just was not in the right place at the time but I remember I was reading all these different things and I was just taking some B vitamins and taking things and it actually was making everything worse. I had exactly the same experience. And so in the end, I was like, you know what? I can't just keep trying these random things. I'm just going to go see someone. And yeah, best thing I ever did, really. And you know what? Once once I had got my hormone tests back, I had that's how I had discovered that I was struggling with PCOS and I had elevated testosterone levels. And it kind of all made sense as to why my skin was doing what it was doing and why I was struggling so badly. And then she also put me on a whole lot of supplements um, to try and help with my skin, which all of them did, but it became so expensive and taking so many different supplements every single day was just an absolute ball ache. And, you know, I was trying to hide them in smoothies in the morning and I just couldn't keep up with taking as many as I was, even though I was seeing the results. And I remember saying to Grayson, the founder of Pure Sport, I remember saying to him, "We, we should definitely focus on doing a female supplement. I'd love to be able to do one that's specifically for PMS and hormone balance, but with all of those ingredients that are so beneficial and so helpful in one so that we're not going to waste any time with buying all the different ingredients and you can just take it in one and seeing a result straight away. 
Do you take anything? Would you recommend anything that you or have you seen anything that has helped you? Um, supplement wise supplement wise so I it's really funny I don't know it was probably similar for you when you went to the naturopath but they prescribed me all of these weird supplement names like I did not know crazy <laughs> didn't know <laughs> don't what, even know how to pronounce yeah them. <laughs> I didn't know what any of them were called but I got the general idea I tried googling them because I was like I don't know what this is for she was like just take this once a day take this twice a day drop this on your tongue and I was like I don't know I just did what she said but from googling I got the rough idea like one was to support like liver and digestion which ended up being like a massive one one was to kind of help balance the hormones a little bit so like try in I only took it in the second half of my cycle mm-hmm. to kind of like balance Was out those chemists at all no oh god I can't even remember Vitex I think it began with an s maybe um but it might have had similar ing- I can't remember what it was called now Se- sepia sepia I'm not sure I did try googling it but um nothing came up I was like oh I don't know I honestly don't know but kind of similar to you I had all these things lined up. I had like six bottles that I had to remember to take every day. day. And it did get um, a little bit tiresome. I'm going to be honest, because I was like, wow, I know this is working for me, but it's just too much. It's just too much of like trying to remember what to do and what to take. And people also kind of that, that thing of like, when people were asking you, I was like, well, it could be a whole combination of all these things together, but I don't really know what they are. And I didn't really think there was anything, there was nothing I found out there that, you know, even relatively looked like the supplements I was taking. And I was like, didn't want to, you know, try going out on my own to try and find like something that might work. So I kind of just kept taking these things until I didn't need to take them anymore, really. But yeah, the supplements one is an interesting, it's interesting, isn't it? The good news is this episode is going to come out the day after we've launched our, well, Female balance. Chelsea's passion project that My she's been project. working on for quite a while. Do you want to introduce it? Yes. Um, so this is what, what we were going to tie in with what we were talking about. So obviously, as I mentioned, I was really struggling to keep up with taking all these supplements, but all I knew is that I was seeing results. My skin had cleared up. I'd struggled less and less every single month with PMS symptoms. And I just was like, we need to figure out how to put all of these things into one product to make it easier for us to take. Like women, some of us are really like, we're really busy. We're on the go. We've got heaps of things to do and we don't have time to, you know, focus on taking supplements at this time. And then again, at this time, and this one's with food and then that one's not with food. And it just becomes a little bit too much. So we've been working on it for ages with um, a scientist and a naturopath and come up with this amazing supplement that has got some of the most incredible ingredients in them. Vitex or Chasseberry some people know it as, is a major one that's in there, which is is great for the second half of your cycle, but we recommend taking it. The product is going to be taken throughout the month. We've got zinc, ashwagandha, which is also helping with cortisol levels, ginger, which helps with menstrual cramps, magnesium, vitamin B6, omega-3s, all the amazing ingredients that you would need and want to help support you with your menstrual cycle. So we're really excited about it. It's the first product that we have done that it's specifically just for females. And um, we just wanted to make sure that the females are being looked after and taken care of with something that is so important and and often overlooked in their lives. And yeah, I'm just really excited for 
for everyone to be able to try it and and Mm -hmm. learn a little bit more about their menstrual cycle perfect i'm looking forward to it (laughs) yeah i think think it's super important to be able to have a product like that out, out like out there for women like that and for women to realize all of those painful periods and that bloating and the mood swings they don't have to be part of your life and they aren't normal no they're and, not. and hormones are not something that we need to be afraid of once we understand and learn about them we know that they work for us not against us yeah and I think when you think about balancing hormones you're like well what does that even mean you know but it's I think until you go through the journey yourself and you really do take it into your own hands and you start taking these supplements and you start tracking your mood throughout the month and those symptoms throughout the month that you really do realize okay something is something is changing here and like things are different and yeah that one those not having to suffer with those symptoms anymore has been hugely life-changing to realize like periods don't have to be this taboo topic that you just have to deal with once a month that's super horrible experience for you it doesn't have to be like that you can kind of reframe the way you see it and just make your menstrual cycle work for you as a woman and how you train and how you eat and sleep supplementation yeah I think exercise having a product like this is just gonna bring more awareness to to you know to the topic and enable more people to talk about it and share their experiences and you know ultimately encourage more women to learn about their bodies Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's one of the things because people in the past have spoken to me about menstrual cycles and periods and before they always talk about it they're like oh i'm going to talk about this i hope it doesn't gross you out and i was always in the mindset of like well no it's like it's one of the most natural things that can happen it's not, not something all, that grosses me out not all men think like you yeah but that's kind of what's the norm and accepted people just think you're grossed out by it but mm. what is something that i've learned recently is the like period pains and all that kind of stuff that goes along with it i didn't realize that wasn't the case I thought it was just something that happened so it's actually been quite refreshing to learn from both of you guys actually Mm -hmm. that the process that you've been through the last couple of years and now it's actually like well no like it's actually a good thing you don't get these period pains well you might but maybe not as bad as everyone else does yeah and I think for male coaches as well they should all have this information really because they know like roughly they're like oh yeah you've got 28 day cycle and it's like well it's well not really everyone you know yeah. there's like a, actually a small portion of yeah. women who actually have dead on yeah and they're days. like oh you have this like first phase and this and you're like yeah you've kind of got the rough idea but maybe i've, I've seen the graphs yeah with the little, you know the, like hormones going up and down yeah, yeah. And it's like you've got the rough idea but i mean it's like just come out of a textbook, you know, like it's like maybe get a little bit deeper and actually understand like what is actually going on. So I think it's it's good for everyone across the board. Yeah. And I think it not just male coaches, I think it would be brilliant for male colleagues working in in all for and for men in relationships and business and everything to understand what their female colleagues are working with and and dealing with it it will make relationships a lot easier being able to understand why we do the things that we do and why we're struggling or you know behaving a certain way yeah a hundred percent I think it's always been pinned as like oh 
that time of the month oh, again. Oh. And it's like, well, you try having that. You try <laughs> having these ups and downs. <laughs> yeah, you try. You try to deal with all that. Like, you know, we go they to work. They would never. They could not cope. <laughs> we go to work and we do all these normal things and we train the exact same the, the exact same all month round. Like, think of, do you know what, who I think? The more I learned about it, the more I was thinking about elite female athletes, you know? Like, imagine the Olympics comes on, like, your lethal phase or something. Yeah, Imagine know. that. That's horrible. It has such a dip, like an effect on performance. Really I mean, does. a lot of them might be on hormonal oh, contraception yeah. and stuff. But for the ones that aren't, it's really interesting. I think we've still got a really long way to go. Yeah. There's still just not enough research out there to help us. And hopefully this can be like the start of, I think it is. I think it's the start it's of definitely things. definitely changing. Yeah, things are definitely changing. More's being spoken about it. We're learning more. And, you know, I hopefully one day you're taught about it in school. That would be the best thing, yeah. right? Yeah, that would be amazing. Not just run over the basics of, oh, your cycle's 28 days and that's it. Yeah. And then you get period and then they wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So fingers crossed that's where this starts leading to is just like earlier education of the female cycle and the different options we have. Perfect. Well, that's been eye-opening. I've learned a bit over the last uh, few months, but today's been actually really, really interesting. I thought you could get pregnant all the time. I didn't even realize about that, about no, this fam not. method. You did not. Yeah. Did you really think you Until very recently. Them? I didn't know about this fam method. But so what did you just think that girls will just fertile the entire month through? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Until very recently. Because that's what like, that's what's kind of not, well, nothing's taught, exactly. so you don't know so you the, any difference. So I was like, oh, you, just, you can get pregnant anytime. But to be fair, I'd probably say as well, like a lot of people don't realize that the period you have on your pill or whatever isn't it's real. It's not a real period. It's withdrawal bleeding. So mm. there's actually so much information. I remember saying to one of my friends, I was just saying like, I think I was like, oh yeah, I'm ovulating at the moment. I don't know why I would be telling her that, but I was like, oh, I'm ovulating at the moment. She was like, what's that? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, come on. I was like, you're 20, 23. You should know that. She's like, yeah, what does that mean? I was like, oh my God, this is awful. So there's still so much work that needs to be done. Like a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah, I do hope they start teaching this at school for boys and girls as well. Yeah, it should yeah. just be Yeah, Like I know trigonometry and Pythagoras theorem, but I don't know yeah, how women's bodies you? work. How have you been able to use that in their everyday life? But we, you don't, men don't even know what... That women are only fertile for like one or two days. Yeah. Well, education is a whole other topic we can <laughs> yeah. delve into. But I think for us, I think that's been really, really interesting. I've loved having you on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for so coming in. If anybody wants to find you, reach out to you, I'm sure they'll find you on TikTok because you've got hundreds of thousands of followers, Instagram, that kind of stuff. Do you want to drop your handles or however they can get in contact with you? Yeah. So my Instagram is my name. So it's at sophiebrace underscore fit. And then pretty much everything else, TikTok, YouTube, that's pretty much it. It's just Sophie Brace. So pretty simple. Awesome. Amazing. Thanks very much for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Chelsea, for being the first ever host on the podcast. You are so welcome. Uh, am I better than Will? Much better than Will. Oh, will you. won't listen to the end, sir. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, thank you, Pure Sport fan, for tuning in. As a valued listener, we'd like to offer you a 20% discount code site-wide on puresportcbd.com. Use the code PROJECT20 to level up your life. If you like this podcast, like, subscribe and share with your friends. And remember, no stress, stay blessed and we'll catch you next time.